0: Good morning, and welcome to this edition of Advice Worth Keeping, KPMG's podcast series where we interview firm executives and thought leaders, as well as third-party industry luminaries and experts on important global business trends, topics, and leading practices. My name is Stan Lepique, and I lead global research for KPMG's Management Consulting Services Group. And yeah, I'm pleased to have back with us again here today on Advice Worth Keeping, Mr. Todd Lore. Todd is a principal in the U.S. firm, and he's the leader of the intelligent automation efforts for the U.S. firm. So, Todd, thanks for joining us here again today on this podcast session. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. What we're going to talk about today is intelligent automation. Obviously, it's a hot topic in the market, and there's a lot of different angles to it from the technology to the drivers, to the benefits organizations can get, both from an efficiency and effectiveness standpoint. Certainly, there's a lot of discussion around the impact on the workforce. But there's an interesting angle you've been looking at, both with your clients and as well as with some research and thought leadership you've developed, which is the idea of firms need an ethical compass when it comes to intelligent automation. Maybe to start out with, what do we mean by an ethical compass, and what are
1: some of the elements of this compass? it's exactly how it sounds. It's really just the compass or the waypoint for how you need to think about intelligent automation more broadly and what it means to your organization both today and tomorrow, and having a compass to be able to guide you around some of the ethical decisions. And I think a lot of leaders in organizations are very excited and nervous at the same time about the opportunity that these technologies, everything from what we're seeing with more basic automation, robotic process automation, which is coming really quickly into the market and having some really large impacts to operations, but all the way to artificial intelligence and what that means today today. And more interestingly, I think over the next decade, as some of these technologies play out, it's important, in our opinion, how are organizations going to make some of those decisions around the use of these technologies, and to the point you made, San, specifically on the workforce. What is the responsibility to the workforce, to the community, to their customers, to their shareholders, and how do they balance those needs? It's not necessarily something that's new, so organizations have been thinking about responsibility for a number of years, I really look at it in a lot of ways as this is the next generation of corporate responsibility. There were a lot of green initiatives in the last several decades. This is the next flavor of where I think you're going to have those same conversations in the boardroom around the corporate responsibility or the ethical responsibility of an organization of how they apply these technologies, where and when they apply these technologies, how quickly they adopt, to be able to balance some of those needs of their workforce, especially as you start looking at where jobs can be automated or augmented, but then what is the cost-benefit and how do you have those trade-offs with some of the shareholder? some of the efficiencies, and how they maintain competitiveness. So I think you're going to see a lot of this play out. It's important now for organizations to start thinking about this as they're exploring the technology, and fundamentally it comes down to could versus should. So could you automate stuff? Yeah, absolutely. There's a number of use cases, almost infinite use cases, of where you can apply the technology across any organization in any industry. But I think what you're going to start seeing as these technologies far outpace our ability to adopt to them, how do you think about the technology, and should you, apply the technology and what's the impact to all those areas that I mentioned.
0: Todd, extending that theme, there's been disruption in industry and business for years I and mean, obviously going back to the first industrial revolution which automated a lot of manual activities and certainly was very disruptive. More recently we've had business process reengineering, we've had the internet, the internet enabled offshore outsourcing which was certainly disruptive. So for organizations today, should they look back on the lessons learned from past automation efforts and advances in technology and really learn from that? Or is that really just the foundation? So are the changes that are occurring today will occur over the next 5 to 10 years, are they significantly different either in scope or magnitude or, I guess more importantly, in how organizations should address them? So obviously you want to learn lessons from past efforts, but are there things that are new and different today that organizations need to account for?
1: things there. Yes and no. You absolutely, we've seen this before. Many will tell you this is just the next industrial revolution. We've seen this with cotton gins, steam engines, all the way to the internet, personal computing. We've seen this shift over time of how advances in either manufacturing and then more recently in technology shift the type of work that we do, the skills and resources. So we've seen that, and we've seen companies obviously adopt to that. In more recent years, you referenced the outsourcing component, and this is really very similar to an outsourcing arrangement versus finding a lower cost location for how you get work done. This is applying technology to how you get a lot of the same tasks done. So yes, absolutely apply the lessons learned for how you made some of those tough decisions in the past and how you balance those needs, looking at your corporate strategy, overall looking across at how you want to be seen in the market. One thing that I just want to pull in here is many consumers look at the corporate responsibility aspect of an organization as a critical component of whether they're going to purchase from them. So this isn't just something that you need to do just for good operating principles. This is something that we also think is going to be critical to having a company that's going to be competitive in the market. The thing, though, that I do think is going to be a little bit different is the technologies that are coming through are growing in an exponential rate of change. The capabilities, specifically when you look at the more advanced automation technologies such as artificial intelligence, is growing at an exponential growth curve as far as the capabilities that the technology provides, the types of skills and jobs that it can automate are looking more broadly across the organization, whereas there were just specific pockets of industries, specific parts of an organization. Historically, if you look at some of the things in the past, it wasn't as widespread. It always looked at either specific industries or certain job categories or skills. When you look at these t- technologies collectively, it's going to be much more broad. And as this plays out, it's going to actually look at pretty much all industries, all jobs, all categories, and the pace of changes is, is going to be within years, not decades, as we saw a lot of these changes play out previously.
0: Todd, are there particular topical areas relative to intelligent automation where organizations are getting hung up? Are there some common gotchas? Is it perhaps not appreciating the rapid change that is occurring and then it's much more rapid in many respects than in the past? Is it perhaps around the should versus the could? But are there common areas you should watch out for where problems often are arising
1: today? So I think that what we're seeing happening now, there's obviously a lot of buzz and excitement. A lot of organizations are looking, where can I drive value? Where can I automate? And they're excited and they're moving very quickly. The thing I always caution folks on is you need to think a little bit further ahead, specifically where we're seeing some organizations caught up is with the technology that's today and what we're seeing automated today, you're not necessarily automating 50 people's jobs. You're automating 10% of 500 people's jobs. And so that creates, if you actually want to drive that to value, to free up capacity, to do more value-added activities, to be able to manage growth without adding headcount, depending on your strategy for how you're using automation. I think one of the challenges you need to be forward-looking from the very beginning of your automation journey, and not only think longer term about the ethical considerations and how you want to steer the organization through this strategically and what it means from a change in HR perspective, but then even in the short term, how are you going to think about talent and skills as you start scaling some of this automation? How do you think about taking those efficiencies you need to re architect the organization, you need to think about the change management, you need to think about upskilling some of the talent. So those types of things, it's never too early to start those conversations.
0: So, Todd, then maybe to wrap up, what should organizations be doing today to really address these points from the perspective of the organization and the benefits automation can bring to an organization, but also from the perspective of their employees, their customers, their communities, and what really should be done, and who's driving this? We see, in many cases, uh, automation initially is done at a functional level or maybe a divisional level versus at at a more strategic level. Should this be top-down, bottom-up, in between? What are some of the key players in this? Obviously, the executive, but certainly those that are... You know, working with the people that are being automated? What are some of those operating models that you've seen working
1: out in the market? So right now, a lot of large organizations, it's very, I don't want to call it experimental, but it's pockets of experiments within the organization more functionally aligned. So there are a lot of different groups that are looking at what it means specifically to their function or their part of the business, making targeted investments that could vary based upon their operating model or even business model that they're trying to disrupt or automate. People are making those more pocketed investments. At an aggregate level, what We're starting to see a few organizations that are a little further along in this journey. They are starting to think top down about this as well. And so I guess the recommendation is always, it's never too early to start aligning leadership at the top, boardroom down, to be able to have the conversation on what does this mean longer term, because that's where there's going to be coordination, both in the investment and the coordination of the technology, but a lot of the things that we talked about earlier. How do you align your corporate strategy to where these technologies play, how you're going to use them? What are the impacts from a talent perspective? Value management is another thing that we see organizations needing to rely on, how do I target investments, understand the cost, the benefit of that, make sure that I'm actually getting the benefits that I define. So having a very regimented approach for how you manage value through the investments across the portfolio. And also thin to that is prioritization. And I think once you get to the enterprise level, it helps with prioritizing when you think about what you can automate, basically everything. So I think that's where you need to have the top-down conversations of what's most strategically important to the organization as a whole to be able to start picking the portfolio of where you want to automate that's going to be the most impactful that aligns back to the strategy. Okay,
0: Todd, well, there's always great stuff on a very important topic and one that is sometimes a bit neglected in the discussion around intelligent automation, but certainly one that's crucial for organizations and their ability to get the most out of intelligent automation efforts, but also minimize to the extent possible the disruption it's going to bring to their organization. So, Todd, again, thanks for your time here. And for our listeners, Todd and his team has put together a good paper on this. So if you access this podcast through the Advice Worth Keeping site, there's a link to the paper. If you access the podcast via iTunes, just hop over to the KPMG Advice Worth Keeping site, and you'll be able to get a link to that paper. But, Todd, great stuff, and thanks for your time again here today. Thanks for having me. And you can find the links to the items we referenced in the show today below the podcast. If you're online, of course, the URL for that is kpmg.com slash slash podcast. That's a wrap. Thanks for your participation.